Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Well, good afternoon. Here we go. Midweek Wednesday. Not just any day, though. Great day for talk radio, but it's also opening night for the Leafs. Woohoo! Yeah, I know. Everybody's yeah. giddy, right? I look yeah. around. All the jerseys people are wearing around the halls. I'm wearing the jersey on my heart. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, really can't see it from here, but, uh, you know, noth- nothing. Nobody. I don't know. Where's the spirit here? Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, it's a wait-and-see approach that uh, we're all taking. It's, uh, you know, a lot of anticipation, eager that uh, the Leafs might... Take this one a little further than the previous years where they went out in the first round in the playoffs. You got John Tavares, the new signing. And uh, after that, I don't know, it's the same old team, but basically just a a year older. Okay, well, anyway, look, uh, it is an exciting time. You can just get that sense that uh, hockey season does rekindle the, the spirit. You know, Toronto, for for the most part, Torontonians are hockey fans beyond yeah. Or Leaf fans, I guess you would have to say. And, lots of uh, blue and white down by the, uh, you know, by the arena. So there's lots of fans down there getting ready and going crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I really, <laughs> the thing I appreciate, though, are the real dyed-in-the-wool ones from way back when. Dyed-in-the-blue? Dyed-in-the-blue? Well, not entirely. That's the funny <laughs> thing. You know, face. they're wearing jerseys with names like Saginaw, Pellick. And uh, if you didn't know better, you'd swear the Leaf colors were blue and yellow because yeah. the jersey's been around so long, you know, this is nice. nicotine stained and everything. Yeah, but uh, anyway. A little beer, maybe. Root beer? No, a little beer spill, perhaps. Oh, oh okay. You know, on those jerseys. Well, you don't want to spill a lot of beer down at the ACC at like $16 <laughs> a cup. Uh, you better be hanging on to that, drinking it through a catheter or something like that because you go broke real fast mm-hmm. buying the local swill down there. But uh, so. Which is why, by the way, they check purses and things when you're going in. It's not like you're a member of Al-Qaeda. They just want to make sure you're not bringing contraband in, cutting into their profit margin. Like, you know, you got a couple of hot dogs maybe in your pocket. Frisk you for a Mickey. That's true, of course. Uh, You know, that's always fun. Uh, You get that little pat down. However, (laughs) some folks pay cash money for that right there. I just have a steel plate in my crotch, that's all. (laughs) Right. Sets off the metal detector. It's like that scene in Spinal Tap. Uh, Remember? He was stuffing his jeans and uh, it, uh, it got caught at the airport. Anyway. That being said, how's everybody? Good. Well, I'm glad to hear, because uh, we do have a show that's chock full of all kinds of wonderful things to talk about. It is, after all, a great day for talk radio. Now, you know, Donald Trump is, this guy makes the news 16 times a day, it seems. It's hard to keep up. Well, you know, there's an interesting uh, story from the New York Times that has Donald Trump basically being a tax dodge. And just reams and reams of pages where he did things that were improper and uh, they say out and out fraudulent when it came to the tax regime stateside. How he helped his father take improper tax deductions worth millions because they set up sham corporations. And then when the old man handed over the real estate empire to him, it was devalued. Which you almost grudgingly have to admire that. I don't know. Is that uh, tax? Uh, avoidance or tax uh, dodging, but listen. Creative uh, math. 
Well, you know, we'll talk about the Trumpian follies of late. Yesterday, we'd heard Danny mention on the news uh, where he said some things at his rally in Mississippi that were considered to be inappropriate given the severity of the consequences dealing with the Kavanaugh hearings and all and the FBI investigation that wraps on Friday. We're told now, and they could be voting on this guy Kavanaugh by Saturday within the full Senate, but Trump may have alienated a couple of senators uh, on the Republican side of things. Now, whether or not the calculus adds up, because there are some Dems in red states where Trump carried them like by double digits, and if they don't vote in line with Trump's desires to see Kavanaugh elevated to the Supreme Court, it could cost them politically. We're going to find out. Reggie Cicchini is going to join us at the bottom of the hour, the Washington Bureau producer with Global National, and uh, he'll just give us the whole background on things that Trump has said for better or for worse. And... uh, Well, we'll find out, as I say. And, uh, you know, the media, of course, is uh, the bane of Trump's existence, and he doesn't spare any moment to actually vilify them. It's sort of become a meme, and uh, the fake news media, as you know, and uh, the failing New York Times, dishonest media, this, that, and the other. I wanted to put it to you a little later in the hour, if he's done a disservice to the media, or have they discredited themselves? There have been a litany of stories that have been more or less uh, slanted very, very much, uh, one side or Another against Trump uh, and this Kavanaugh guy, for example, might have just uh, been the media jumping the shark. So we'll see. uh, We'll take a sounding of the water as far as that's concerned. By the way, uh, you know, when we talk about devalued properties, geez, how about that Kinder Morgan pipeline? Anthony Fury, who's going to be a part of our panel after five o'clock, has just submitted a story to the National Post, Post Media, where he's a national comment editor. And it says the federal government is actively considering gifting the Trans Mountain Pipeline to First Nations groups. How the deal would unfold is that a part or all of the pipeline would be placed in a trust that would then use the proceeds to fund First Nation projects. These are the people, many of whom, tried to kill this thing. So I guess this is Canada's new economic policy. You broke it, you own it. Uh, I I have no idea how this would actually play out, but we we are on the hook. $4.5 billion, and according to Anthony's piece anyway, they want to gift it, seed it over. I can understand where... That's an expensive gift, Johnny. Well, but you know... Can the federal government claim a charitable tax rebate against itself they can if they confer with donald trump he knows how to you know you devalue things and then of course when you hand it over i'm just wondering you know the province of ontario where we're headed uh maybe we can actually gift this province back to the feds (laughs) and wash our hands clean of things you know who knows i mean it's uh what do we call it creative accounting uh and this is something anthony will speak to with the panel of course after five o'clock as far as the province is concerned i mean there's uh I guess a sentiment that says Doug Ford is ushering in uh, a new approach to making it a jurisdiction that's enticing to business, or he wants to be anyway. And uh, yet on the same note, uh, it seems like he's running afoul of people who are advocates for the working poor and uh, those folks earning minimum wage, because we know he's vowed now to repeal Bill 148. This is the bill that did raise the minimum wage. The Liberals brought this in back in January. You might recall the Fair Workplaces Better Jobs Act. Well, Ford is saying he's going to punt this thing. We're getting rid of Bill 148. We're going to be making sure we're more competitive around the world. We're going to make sure we protect 
the frontline workers. Well, some people would say the frontline workers are the beneficiaries of this bill as enacted by the liberals back uh, many months ago. Because what it did uh, is mandate equal pay for part-time and temporary workers doing the same job as full-time employees. And I thought, wait a minute, uh, and I knew that, but uh, this is just a, a refresher, if you will. Equal pay for part-time and temporary workers doing the same job as full-time employees. Does that make sense? I mean, doesn't experience and seniority count for something? I mean, I get it that there might be somebody assuming a role uh, that would be filled ordinarily by somebody who's had 12 years on the project. Let's just say operating heavy equipment on a construction site, maybe a backhoe, digging basements, and they know what they're doing. Along comes the rookie or the fill-in, and you got to watch him like a hawk so he doesn't screw things up and maybe crater, you know, <laughs> half sure of the foundation. Make sure they're showing up uh, fit to work. Well, yeah, there's that as well. But, uh, in fact, even in the operation of certain things, they may not have the same deft touch as an experienced sure, person. it takes years to get that fine, you know, feathering and finessing. Right. But you got to pay them the same? Does that make sense? It seems on the surface it doesn't to me. But it goes on. Uh, it will increase vacation entitlements to three weeks after a worker has been with a company for five years. Okay, I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Also requires employees to be paid for three hours if their shift is canceled within 48 hours of its start. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, let's just say you show up to uh, work on a golf course, you know, do some maintenance, and there's just pounding rain. So you get a call from the boss. You can stay home today, sleep in. Uh, there's no work getting done. You can't get out there. I mean, the heavy equipment just going to bog down, create all kinds of tracks all over the place. Stay away. Well, you owe me three hours. Does that make sense? Is because that fair? Because it rained. Well, effectively, because you've canceled their scheduled appointment. And so I know the argument is that, you know, you don't want to really hang people out to dry because they have scheduling priorities as well, like maybe daycare get a babysitter uh, they've got a second job sure they said no to another job because they said yes to this one and right you know but then is the onus entirely on the employer that becomes a question here and this was all part and parcel of again this thing called the fair workplaces better jobs act and ford seems to have uh, taken a tack that says he's more pro uh pro employer and uh, he doesn't want to shackle the employer with all kinds of things that might be detrimental to operating a lean and efficient operation. Now, I get it. The critics will say he's doing this on the backs of the working poor. He's already been criticized for it in the legislature, even though he hasn't formally announced. It seems like uh, he's signaling that he's going to repeal this act, Bill 148. Later in the program, we'll talk to Rocky, Rocco Rossi. He's the CEO and president of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. And he'll weigh in on whether or not, well, I, I have it on good authority, his 60,000 members that he represents all feel that this is a pro-business maneuver by the Ford government or is about to be, and uh, they're all fully behind it. But we'll get the particulars from Rocco on that matter, as well as the, the most recently cobbled together trade deal with the Americans and, of course, the Mexicans, and uh, whether Ontario in that scenario, and how do we maintain our competitiveness now in an environment that still sees tariffs on steel and aluminum. Uh, Ernie Eves and uh, 
Peggy Nash and John Turley Ewart after 6 o'clock will weigh in on matters of that nature as well. But I wanted to get your thoughts here before we get to Reggie Giacchini on you know, the, sto- the stories coming out of the states. I mean, uh, fast and furious, uh, thick and heavy on a daily basis. Things that Trump has said, uh, may have said. Other allegations against Kavanaugh, he'll just uh, update the file as far as that's concerned. We'd like to check in periodically. But I wanted to ask you, when it comes to this labor reform that Doug Ford is uh, intimating, there are a couple of questions, and I just raised them. Do casual workers deserve the same pay as full-time workers? This is one of the planks in the legislation as it currently stands, and he's seeking to negate. He's going to scrap it. So, uh Obviously, they see it in the same vein that maybe there's a, a, a distinction. You differentiate between the seasoned employee versus the one who's just passing through, as they call it, casual or temporary workers. You get a temp agency to send somebody out. Or is that fair? Because from the employer's perspective, I still believe seniority experience and somebody who's been with you for a long time is worth more uh, than the temporary worker who's just passing through. Now I get that they're they're coming in and filling a need in the immediate. Should that come with a premium? Should that come with the same pay grade as somebody who's been there for 10, 12, 15 years? And the other aspect is, of course, employees being paid three hours if their shift is canceled within 48 hours. Is it appropriate for Ford to be reforming this particular law? In other words, scrapping these particular aspects of an omnibus type of law that also guaranteed $15 January 1. He's not going there. We know that he's already this, uh, it was earlier, I guess, last week that he's canceled the $15 an hour raise to the minimum wage. But these are the other aspects that maybe get uh, less ink or notoriety, and they're still considered to be uh, rules or regulations hobbling business and its efficiency. And the business community felt like they were operating, I guess, with a, a bit of a their hands tied here, if you will. So is it fair now? Is it uh, more fair that the business community not have to adhere to these rules or regulations put in by the liberals with, again, their Fair Workplaces Better Jobs Act? 